Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. One of the great gifts of our tradition is the lectionary, that three-year cycle of prescribed Bible readings that we hear every Sunday. I have a friend who's a clergy person in another tradition, and she has remarked to me that she could never preach in a church yoked by a lectionary. She prefers that her congregation hear passages that are on her heart and that she feels called to preach that week. I would not trust myself with that kind of freedom. I fear that I would not be able to discern the will of the Spirit week after week, and the readings would devolve into Ben's favorites. And while I'm sure you would love that, a lectionary requires the preacher and all of you by association to read more of the Bible, to be confronted by challenging texts, and to discover new insights in a passage we may have read or studied several times. I'm glad we have a lectionary. Now, before I put you all to sleep with this riveting discussion of lectionaries, let me share with you why I'm talking about this this evening, because I was reminded this week of why I am thankful for a lectionary when I read today's gospel and was struck by something found there. Mark chapter 1, verse 12. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts. We might almost automatically remember on the first Sunday in Lent that Jesus was driven out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. But this week, as we read this reading once again, I was struck by one phrase, wild beasts. Wild beasts, how fantastic. Forgive me for being a bit sacrilegious, but I have a vision of Jesus in his own version of Maurice Sendak's Where the Wild Things Are. And when he came to the place where the wild things are, they roared their terrible roars and gnashed their terrible teeth and rolled their terrible eyes and showed their terrible claws. We also might assume that Jesus' time in the wilderness was very peaceful, very quiet, a meditative retreat of sorts. We go into the wilderness to get away from it all, but Jesus went into, into the wilderness to get in the middle of things. 
Bruce Filer, in his popular book, Walking the Bible, wrote this. The desert would surely feel isolated, an island of seclusion. But once I stepped into the open terrain, I was amazed by the din. The wind whining through the mountains, the sand tinkling against your face, the rocks crunching beneath your feet. The desert may be empty, but it's the least quiet place I've ever been. So what are we to conclude by, from Jesus' wild, cacophonous, and beastly situation? And how does Jesus' experience in the wilderness speak to us in this season of Lent? For one, we are reminded once again that Jesus is a mind-blowing miracle. The fact that the creator of the universe loved these people so much that he became incarnate, fully human, and lived among us, that is just amazing. And because God walked with us, he knows us. He knows our joys. He knows our struggles. He knows our worries. And he knows our wilderness. Not only did God God create us, and not only does God love us unconditionally, both of which are quite awesome in their own right, but God knows the stuff we are dealing with. And when we are bedeviled with an abundance of stuff, God can relate. And then where does Jesus go after his time in the wilderness? He goes to that region of ancient Palestine, called Galilee. Our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, loves to talk about Galilee. He says, Galilee was a land of dramatic diversity, a land of profound religious pluralism, and a land of cultural confusion. Galilee was a place of social and political unrest, and Galilee was a place of economic instability and uncertainty. Remind you of anywhere? And that is where Jesus went to start his ministry. And what does he tell the people there? The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. I think the key words in Jesus' saying is repent and believe. And again, we might assume that repenting and believing were designed to be one-time events. That we would repent one day, we would list all of our sins before God, some of our lists longer than others, and we would sin no more. And then we believe, and we believe fully and perfectly, and we would believe for all eternity. That's pretty simple, right? But even more key than the words repent and believe was the way that Jesus said them. Scholars believe that these words, repent and believe, were uttered by Jesus to indicate that they would happen and then continue happening into the future. And that little verb factoid might seem uninteresting, but I think we can find a great deal of comfort in it because it confirms the journey of life. It confirms that today I might do a pretty okay job connecting with God and believing in Jesus, but next Wednesday the shadow of sin might tempt me and my belief might be shaken. 
God knows that we aren't perfect. And more importantly, God doesn't expect us to be perfect or to become perfect. Perfection is a fool's errand and one that stalks many of us. Instead, be yourself. Do Be the excellent child of God. Be the one made in his image that you are. Do repent. Do believe. Try to repent and believe every day. But do so knowing that Jesus walks alongside you and that he is there to pick you up when you stumble. The wilderness of our life is not much different than the wilderness Jesus encountered. Our wilderness of 2021 is filled with the same number of beasts and temptations and distractions. But just like the angels who waited on Jesus, Jesus waits on us as we endure this wilderness. So just as Max said to the beasts and where the wild things are, let the wild rumpus start. Amen.